Hello! Welcome to What's What with Klutz. I'm Kelly, your host, aka Coach Klutz. I'm a USCA certified running and ultra running coach and certified strength and conditioning specialist. So basically, I love running and strength training. And this podcast will be mostly about those two topics, but with some other topics sprinkled in there. And with that, let's get into today's episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode. If you're used to listening to this first thing on Wednesday morning, then I apologize because it is now 9 a.m. on Wednesday morning when I'm recording this. Um, I meant to record yesterday, but work's been a little crazy and then I had my final dress fitting for my wedding. Uh, Technically not a big wedding, just like a micro wedding, but anyway, I'm getting married in September, so that took precedent over the podcast. But we are back here now and I am excited for this episode because the most common question I got about my 50k was how did I fuel? And if you listened to the recap a couple episodes ago, you know that my fueling could use some work. So today I want to go over the recommendations around fueling during an ultra or a long run so that you have that information and then that is a good starting point for you to experiment with what works well for your body and from there you can find what you like to do during races or long runs. So the biggest thing about fueling is the same thing I say about training plans and it is really individual There is not one size fits all in terms of fueling. There are guidelines, which we'll go over um, in this episode, but there's no hard and fast rules, especially because everyone's body is different. Um, The foods you can handle are different. What makes your stomach hurt is different. You know, your gut is different. So the biggest thing I want you to take away from this is in order to find your quote unquote perfect fueling strategy, you really need to experiment and find out what works for you. Because I can tell you what I do all day long. I can tell you what some of my athletes do, but that doesn't really mean anything when it's applied to you. So first tip, practice your fueling in your training. Um, I feel like I've, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I've said it to my athletes a lot. Uh, You really need to practice in your long runs what you're going to do in your race so you know what to expect. You can figure out which foods work, which foods don't work, um, timing, how often you like to eat, how soon before you like to eat, the mix of foods you like to eat, all of that stuff. So the biggest thing is experimenting. Um, And then my other tips are to take small bites or sips of water or electrolytes consistently versus trying to take in a certain amount at certain intervals. So taking a certain amount at certain intervals is a good place to start, but some people do find it hard to take in, for example, 200 calories all at once versus if you're just kind of nibbling across an hour, you might be more likely to take in enough calories um, versus just trying to shove down some food. Unless you're an aid station, that works for a lot of people because then the food's right in front of you and you don't have to carry it. So 
let's start with before a long run or a race. Um, the biggest thing about before is focusing on carbs mainly, some protein, and limited fats, which is pretty much what you want to do during as well. So we need carbs for our energy source for running. Um, and long distance running, you can use fats more than when you're running faster, but you're still using carbs. So they are very important. And before running, it's recommended you focus more on simple carbs because they are more digestible and easier to digest and quicker to digest. So you'll get that energy faster versus complex carbs. So my favorite um, pre-run or race meal, I guess, is more of a snack. Uh, but it's either toast with peanut butter and banana or just a banana with peanut butter. So then the banana's got my carbs and then the peanut butter has some protein and some fat. And for some of you, the peanut butter might be a little too fat heavy. So you could just use a lesser amount or skip it entirely. Um, it all depends on your body. Uh, I've been mostly paleo for six years now. So my body is pretty used to eating higher fat. So that works well for me. And so I know for some of my athletes that works well because bananas are, they're fairly bland um, and they're quick energy. And then if you can tolerate peanut butter, it's a really good combination. But find what works for you. Um, and it also depends when you're going running or racing. Because if it's super early, it might be harder for you to fit in you know, a breakfast. So if it's super early, you might just want to have a bar and then start fueling a little earlier in your race. So just play around with some of those things, but focus mostly on carbs, a little protein, and some fat if you can tolerate it. So then during a race, uh, specifically talking about ultras, so anything that takes over like four hours-ish um, in shorter races, you still need to fuel. Um, well, I guess it depends on how long the race will take you, but usually once you cross over the two-hour mark, you should be fueling because that's usually when your glycogen stores start to deplete or completely deplete, and that is where we get a lot of our energy. So anyway, back to ultras. If you're out there for more than four hours, you definitely need to be fueling. Um, so... Similarly to before a long runner race, focus mainly on carbs. And one of the key things I want you to keep in mind about carbs is taking in a variety of carbs to increase absorption in your gut. So in your gut, different kinds of carbs have different receptors. And once a receptor is saturated, then your ability to absorb the carbs and convert them to energy uh, lessens a lot. And this most commonly is seen if you, for example, just fuel with goos because um, goos are all the same kind of carb. And if you only have that as your fuel and you have, you know, too much at once, then you may stop absorbing those carbs and not be able to convert to energy. And then bonk. 
which none of us want. So in terms of some hard numbers, the recommendation is up to 90 grams of carbs per hour of multiple transportable carbs um, to maximize the emptying of the stomach and optimize the use of those carbs. So this is just 90 grams of carbs per hour of different kinds of carbs. And if you want to get really into it, the recommendation is a two-to-one ratio of glucose to fructose. Um, I don't know many people that focus that much on the breakdown of their carbs, but if you need that extra edge, that might be a good thing to look into for you. So the number to keep in mind is up to 90 grams per hour, which I'm sure a lot of you are thinking that's a lot of carbs. And one of the questions I got about my 50K was how many carbs or grams of carbs per hour I was able to ingest during the race. And my number was pretty abysmal, but it always is. Uh, My intake was closer to like 20 to 30 grams per hour, which is fairly low when you compare it to you know, the quote unquote recommended amount. But you if I were to start ingesting 90 grams of carbs per hour, I would need to work up to that and really practice it because clearly my body's not used to that. So if you can't get up to 90 grams per hour, by no means am I saying that you are not going to be fueled properly and well. It's just you can ingest up to that. And The place I tell my athletes to start isn't really in grams per hour for carbs. It's more for an overall calorie goal, but most fuel that runners have are carb heavy. So I usually tell my athletes to start with 200 to 250 calories per hour and adjust from there as needed. Um... And we usually start fueling every 45 minutes and then seeing how that works. Some athletes need to fuel sooner and eat more. Some need to fuel around that time, but not up to 250 calories. It's Some days are different. Some days you need more fuel than others. It all depends. So that's a good starting point uh, if you want to get down into the nitty-gritty, you can plan out specific grams per hour to hit. Um, But starting with around 200 to 250 calories per hour is a good place to start experimenting to see what works for you. And if you're using a sports drink for carbs instead of food, then aim for a 6 to 8% solution, so 6 to 8% carbs Um, above a 10% solution can lead to some GI issues. And that's the most common side effect that we see of quote-unquote bad fueling. Um, I don't know if bad's the right word, but I think you know what I mean. Less than ideal fueling. And this can be, you know, cramps, stomach pain, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, There's a broad spectrum of GI issues, but that is what we're trying to avoid with practicing our fuel in our training and then making a good strategy for race day to avoid those issues. So 
Protein-wise, during a race, it's recommended that these are eaten with carbs to reduce muscle damage and preserve protein balance in your body. And if you want a specific number, usually the recommendation is aiming for 0.25 grams per kilograms of body weight per hour. So obviously that will be different for everyone. Protein, I personally don't really focus on too much, um, mostly because I know what I fuel with is usually spring energy and picky bars, and both of those have a little bit of protein depending on which bar or pouch I have. So I would not worry too much about the protein, especially since it is in most fueling options, unless you are just using the straight goos, which are just carbs. And then finally, fat during your race. This is the same as before a race. You can add it in as tolerated. Um, a lot of people have issues with digesting fat while they're running due to just the nature of eating while running and the fact that you don't have as much blood going to your gut to aid with digestion um, because it's going to your working muscles. So if you're used to eating higher fat diets, you might be okay here, but if you can't stomach much fat, then don't worry about adding it in. Okay, so now let's talk about caffeine during an ultra and the recommended amount for performance enhancement. So that number for performance enhancement is three to six grams per kilogram of body weight in order to perform better. I don't know another way to say that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so what I usually do with caffeine is I have my morning coffee always. Um, It just helps me get my day started, if you know what I mean. And then, so during a 50K, I don't think you necessarily need to ingest caffeine, although you could forego your morning coffee and have your caffeine later to get a little boost. Um, I personally don't do that, but that is an option. Um, Caffeine comes more into play with the longer races, especially for the overnight ones. So if you are in an overnight race, it's not recommended to use caffeine before midnight, Um, mostly because you want the biggest bang for your buck when you take the caffeine and you want to stay awake through the night. So if you're doing a longer race, try not to use caffeine until you're sleepy and it's dark. If you're doing a shorter race, so a 50K or a 50 miler, um, using up to 50 grams per hour of caffeine for the second half of the race may increase your performance. And a lot of us, when we think of caffeine, we think just straight coffee, but you can get caffeine from gels or chews, tablets, soda. Coke is a really big um, popular (laughs) aid in ultras. I've never tried it, but I know it is common. So there are are a variety of ways to get caffeine that are not coffee. And then one thing that needs to be mentioned is more caffeine is not better. 
And if you've ever had too much coffee in a day or in a morning, you know that can lead to the jitters or anxiety. It can also lead to nausea and GI issues, which is what we're trying to avoid in a race always. And it can also lead to insomnia. So that's the recommendation for caffeine. By no means do you need to use caffeine in a race, but if you want to, those are the recommendations for you. And then finally, for electrolytes, we need these to help with hydration, especially if you are a salty sweater like me, because we need to replace that sodium in our body. So the recommended amount of electrolytes is 500 to 700 milligrams of sodium per liter of water. And if you follow me, you know my favorite ways to get electrolytes are noon, liquid IV, and elementi. I don't know if they go by element or elementi. Anyway, the elementi is my favorite because it's the saltiest, um, especially in the summer months because, like I said, I'm a salty sweater. And if you're not sure if you're a salty sweater, if after you run, you ever see salt on your skin, so just white on your skin or on your clothes or your pack, then you're a salty sweater. You might need some more sodium than other people, but those are my favorite. So I like to just put those in my bladder and take them along with me on my long runs or my races. So now let me know what to do during a race in our long runs. How do we make a plan for race day? So this is one of the things I help my athletes with. Um, so we need to choose the fuel we want to use, test it in training, and then we make three tiers that we can use on race day. So first, the key factors when you're choosing your fuel are taste, tolerance of the food. So this applies to the quantity of the food and the frequency, since in an ultra you will be fueling hourly for you know, anywhere from like 4 to 11 hours, depending how fast you are and what the course is like. Um, so you want to make sure that you have foods you won't get sick of. And if you do get sick of the food, then you have backup foods, but we'll get into that later. So other factors, environmental factors, the macros of the food, the aid station locations and what they offer because you can utilize what they have. And if they list their um, fueling options prior to the race, then you can try those out in your training and see which works and um, incorporate those into your plan. Um, also take into consideration how easy the food is to open, how sticky it is. You don't really want to get any stuck in your teeth as you're running, how dry it is. Um, how hard it is and chewy when you're running, you don't really want to be chewing something that's hard or really dry. So then you have to drink a lot of water to get it down. Um, also the messiness. So this is usually for drier items. When you break off a piece, it crumbles, which is kind of annoying when you're in a race. Um, you also want to consider how easy the food is to access and eat with one hand if you want to eat while you're 
running. Uh, I personally just usually walk. So I have two hands. So that doesn't really, it's not high on my list for considerations, but it might be on yours. And the final two are easy to swallow and easy to digest, which is arguably the biggest one. So in training, you find all of the foods that foods and beverages that work with your body. And then for the race, you make three different tiers. So in each tier, you want at least one real food option, at least one engineered food, which would be like your gels and chews, something that's sweet, something salty, and something savory. Or if you don't like any of those options, at least some variety in your foods. So your top tier is going to be your favorite foods, the ones that you are most likely to use during runs or in the race. You know it works for you. You love eating these, and there's a variety of tastes and textures. So for example, my tier one would probably be some picky bars, spring energy gels, watermelon, pickles, bananas. Tier two, these aren't your favorite foods, but you have tested them and you know they work with your body. So if on race day, your tier one foods all of a sudden stop working or you get taste fatigue and you don't want to eat your tier one foods anymore, then you go to tier two and you have some options there that you can use. So for me, my tier two might be um, like apples, scratch lab bars, um, scratch lab chews, and let's see, trail mix. So those would be my tier two. And then finally, tier three is the foods that you haven't tested, but they're similar to other foods that are in your top or second tier that have been tested. So like, I don't know how similar these are, but go with me. So for me, okay, I have a banana in my top tier and I could put like a potato in my third tier because they're both simple carbs that are pretty bland. So that's the connection I'm making there. Um, Or like if you had almonds in one of your tiers, then maybe you have peanuts in another in your third tier um, or anything like that. So just finding similar foods that your body would probably react to in a similar way as the foods you have already tested. And this tier is basically your plan C. So tier one is your plan A, tier two is your plan B, and then tier three is like everything's gone to shit. I have nothing to eat or nothing that I have tested in my training is working anymore. So I'm going to go to plan C. And the the thing that everyone recommends that if you've listened to my race recap, you know that I don't always do, but you really shouldn't eat foods outside of your tears on race day. So you shouldn't be eating or drinking something completely new during your race because you don't know how that's going to affect your body. Um, And like I said in my race recap, sometimes I just try stuff at aid stations because it's there and I 
never would have like I never would have brought pickles on my runs. Um, but I know pickles normally don't bother me and I really like them. And my stomach is not very sensitive, so I know that I'm less likely to be affected by new foods, but in general, it's not recommended to try new things on race day. But if you do, I would say try it closer to the end of the race so that if something does happen, you're not completely screwed. But for everyone with a sensitive stomach, make sure you have a wide variety of foods you have tested in training in your tiers and try to stick to those because there is nothing worse than being in the middle of a run and having your (laughs) GI turn against you. And I know a lot of you can relate to that. I've never had it in a race, but I have had it in a run. But yeah, those are some helpful tips and recommendations for fueling around long runs or long races and how to build your race day plan. So I hope you found this episode helpful and I'll talk to you soon. Hopefully you enjoyed this week's episode, and if you did, please leave a rating and review to help others find this podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. And if you want to connect with me further, you can find me on Instagram at coachingklutz, online at coachingklutz.com, on Patreon at patreon.com slash coachingklutz, or you can send me an email directly to kelly at coachingklutz.com. Thanks for listening.